It's Sunday, August 28th, 2022. I am your host, Justin Meisner, and this is Sunday Best. Hello, welcome, and a very happy Sunday to you. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to Sunday Best, your official end-of-the-week roundup and newest current events guilty pleasure. Join me here each Sunday as I break down the previous week's most important, incredible, and outrageous news, stories, and rumors from around the worlds of politics, arts, and entertainment, and of course, old-fashioned salacious gossip and beyond. Now let's get things started with some breaking news. Breaking news coming out just hours before our recording, disgraced actor Shia LaBeouf has publicly come forward to deny claims that he was fired from the upcoming film Don't Worry Darling by the film's director, Olivia Wilde. You may recall hearing back in 2020 the last-minute casting switch that replaced LaBeouf, who was to play the film's lead, with internationally recognized thespian Harry Styles, a decision that, we all now know, would prove to be a significant one for Wilde. In an August 24th Variety cover story, the director opened up about the alleged decision, basically confirming the initial rumors that LaBeouf had proven to be difficult to work with during pre-production. And just an editor's side note, LaBeouf has had many claims of difficult and combative working behavior over the years. Olivia Wilde is quoted in Variety as saying, he has a process that seems to require a combative energy. But now LaBeouf has rebuttaled, contacting Variety himself to dispute the insinuations. Shia denies ever being fired and claims he quit, quote, due to a lack of rehearsal time. In emails he sent to Variety, Shia writes, quote, You and I both know the reasons for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find the time to rehearse. However, Variety reports that several studio sources corroborated Olivia Wilde's version of events. But that's not all, folks, because LaBeouf has brought the receipts, honey, sending screenshots to Variety of several text exchanges between LaBeouf and Wilde in August of 2020 that seemed to corroborate his version of events. He also sent a lengthy email to Variety that was directly written for Olivia, and it reads as follows. Olivia. I hope this finds you inspired, purposeful, fulfilled, and well. I pray every night that you and your family have health, happiness, and everything God would give me. No joke, every night before I sleep. I have a little girl, Isabel. She is five months old and just beginning to develop the last half of her laugh. It's amazing. Mia, my wife and I, have found each other again and are journeying toward a healthy family with love and mutual respect. I have embarked on a journey that feels redemptive and righteous. Dirty word, but fitting. I write to you now with 627 days of sobriety and a moral compass that never existed before my great humbling that was the last year and a quarter of my life. I reached out to you a few months ago to make amends 
and I still pray one day you can find space in your heart to forgive me for the failed collaboration we shared. What inspired this email today is your latest variety story. I am greatly honored by your words on my work. Thank you. That felt good to read. I am a little confused about the narrative that I was fired, however. You and I both know the reason for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find time to rehearse. I have included, as a reminder, the screenshots of our text exchange on that day, and my text to Toby. I know that you were beginning your press run for Don't Worry Darling, and that the news of my firing is attractive clickbait, as I am still persona non grata, and may remain as such for the rest of my life. But speaking of my daughter, I often think about the news articles she will read when she is literate. And though I owe, and will owe for the rest of my life, I only owe for my actions. My failings with twigs are fundamental and real, but they are not the narrative that has been presented. There is a time and a place to deal with such things, and I am trying to navigate a nuanced situation with respect for her and the truth, hence my silence. But this situation with your film and my firing will never have a court date with which to deal with the facts. If lies are repeated enough in the public, they become truth. And so, it makes it that much harder for me to crawl out of the hole I have dug with my behaviors and to be able to provide for my, fa my family. Firing me never took place, Olivia. And while I fully understand the attractiveness of pushing that story because of the current social landscape, the social currency that brings, it is not the truth. So I am humbly asking, as a person with an eye toward making things right, that you correct the narrative as best you can. I hope none of this is negatively affects you and that your film is successful in all the ways you want it to be. Every blessing to you, Shia. And while that email in and of itself is a lot to unpack, that we can do at another time. Warner Brothers reportedly did not return Variety's request for comment for their story, and as of this recording, Olivia Wilde has not publicly commented. And of course, I will keep you updated on this story as it develops, or any other newsworthy story regarding the upcoming film Don't Worry Darling, if I uh, can keep up, that is. All right, let's keep things moving. It's time now for last week's headlines. On Sunday, the Prime Minister of Singapore announced that the country would move to decriminalize sex between men. The Prime Minister said repealing the rarely enforced Section 377A of the Penal Code was, quote, the right thing to do. However, he also stressed his government's continued support for the heterosexual definition of marriage. Also on Sunday was the heavily anticipated, by everyone but me, world premiere of House of the Dragon, HBO's Game of Thrones spinoff that managed to attract 9.99 million viewers across all of its platforms, becoming the biggest debut in HBO history. On Wednesday, Ukraine's Independence Day was devastated by a Russian strike on a rail station that killed 22 people. 
And further in Ukraine on Thursday, a major power plant was disconnected from the Ukrainian grid for the first time ever, fueling fears of a possible disaster at Europe's largest nuclear facility that is currently under Russian control. The nuclear plant supplied over 20% of Ukraine's electricity before the war and could further strain a situation that is expected to worsen as winter approaches and potential crippling energy shortages loom. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has now, unbelievably, lasted six months. Sony shocked fans and industry experts alike when they announced on Thursday that the company would be raising the price of their PlayStation 5 game console by as much as 20% in just about every major market outside of the United States, including Canada. In a move Forbes called unprecedented, the company now plans to raise the price of a product that has been on the market since 2020, blaming inflation rates and supply shortages, which the company says have resulted in, quote, challenging economic conditions. Actor and television host Nick Cannon announced this week that, wait for it, he's expecting another child. For those of us keeping track or placing bets, this will be Cannon's ninth child and his third with model Brittany Bell. Bless his heart. Astronomers in Montreal this week discovered a planet 100 light-years from Earth that they believe has the potential to harbor life and is possibly covered entirely by water. It's five times the size of Earth, and I hope we never ever know what's below the surface. The Canadian arm of international fast food giant Wendy's had some fun on social media this week, changing the mascot's iconic red hair to grey, in a move to show solidarity with former CTV national news anchor Lisa Laflamme, who was recently fired from her long-held position with the Canadian news organization. Due to the move that shocked just about everyone inside the industry and out, making international headlines. Rumors have now surfaced regarding changes behind the scenes at CTV. New leadership reportedly took issues with Laflamme, with one of those issues, according to sources, being to do with Laflamme's decision to stop dyeing her hair during the pandemic and allow it to go grey. Laflamme has not responded to the various rumors that have surfaced and has not publicly commented on the matter since her initial video statement was released on Twitter. Madonna's eldest child, daughter Lourdes Leon, unexpectedly dropped her debut single and accompanying music video this week, going by the name Lola Hole, spelled L-O-L-A-H-O-L, one word, for those of you keeping track. The spacey song is called Lock and Key, and while I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, I don't hate it, and I did quite enjoy the trippy music video, even if I didn't quite understand it but I do think it's worth checking out if you have even a passing interest in music, popular culture, Madonna, or nepotism. No word on whether or not Lola Hole's famous mom was involved, either creatively or financially, but the material mom did promote the release on her socials.
On Friday, the United States Justice Department released a redacted affidavit regarding details surrounding the FBI's recent search of the disgraced former President Donald Trump's infamous Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago. The 32-page affidavit states, quote, The government is conducting a criminal investigation concerning the improper removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces, as well as the unlawful concealment or removal of government records. The affidavit doesn't shed any new light on the 11 sets of records recovered in Florida on August 8th, but it did provide new information regarding 15 other boxes that the National Archives and Records Administration retrieved from the property this past January. 14 of those 15 boxes contained classified documents, many of them top secret, according to the affidavit. A Los Angeles jury awarded Vanessa Bryant $16 million as part of a $31 million jury verdict this week against Los Angeles County for first responders who allegedly took gruesome photographs of the 2020 helicopter crash site that took the life of Vanessa's husband, Kobe Bryant, and their 13-year-old daughter. And finally, on Friday, the much-hyped and long-awaited Elton John and Britney Spears duet, Hold Me Closer, was finally released. The trippy, dance-influenced reimagining of two of Elton's classics, Tiny Dancer and The One, follows a similar format with his Dua Lipa duet, Cold Heart, a hit earlier this year. The song marks Britney's first new music released in six years, and the first music she has released since she was placed in a conservatorship 14 years ago. And those were your headlines. All right, it's time to go beyond, or in some instances, behind the headlines for all the news that actually isn't fit to print. I've scoured the darkest reaches of the internet this week to bring you all the rumored, all the unsubstantiated, and all the allegedly that I could fit into two minutes. It's time to spill it in a segment called Tea for two. And before we begin, as always, everything you are about to hear is a rumor, and I have absolutely no proof of the validity of any of the claims I am about to make, so help me God. All right, let's get started. Real Housewives and Bravo TV icon Ramona Singer has reportedly been fired from the Real Housewives of New York City. The Singer Stinger was apparently not invited to return for the upcoming reboot, as well as for the recently announced New York All-Star season, Roni Legacy. And while casting for the reboot is still underway, the cast for the veteran season has allegedly been locked in and is as follows. Luann de Lesseps, Sonia Morgan, Jill Zarin, Tinsley Mortimer, Kelly Ben Simone, and Dorinda Medley. Fun side note, this is apparently the real reason why Tinsley Mortimer dropped out of the recently wrapped third season of Ultimate Girls Trip right before filming, because she's going to do Legacy instead. Filming for the inaugural season of New York Legacy is rumored to begin in March of next year. Former Disney child star and occasional alien hunter Demi Lovato is rumored to be working with fellow former co-stars on an expose about the Disney Channel and its child star machine, and it's reportedly dark. 
Speaking of dark Disney stars, I implore you to read or listen to Jeanette McCurdy's new memoir entitled I'm Glad My Mom Died. Known for her roles on iCarly and Sam and Cat, this brave book is so full of hot tea you will get burnt. This week on a podcast, former Glee star and Beyonce backup dancer Heather Morris told a story that she had heard from within the dance community from multiple sources. Allegedly, once, when Jennifer Lopez was auditioning dancers for her upcoming tour, at the end of a grueling audition that lasted all day, J-Lo allegedly thanked them for all of their hard work, then asked if any dancers present were Virgos. Those that raised their hands were thanked again, and then asked to leave. And lastly, 90s teen heartthrob and younger brother to Joey, Matthew Lawrence, might be in some hot water regarding his upcoming divorce. The actor's estranged wife, Dancing with the Stars pro Cheryl Burke, who filed for divorce in January, posted a cryptic TikTok this week directed at an ex that read, When he said that he would never talk to her again, yet I found text messages, Viagra, and a necklace hidden in a pair of shoes. And while that isn't technically an unsubstantiated rumor, and Burke didn't specify which ex, I mean, just, yeah. This has been another installment of Tea for Two. Next up, it's time for this week's edition of The Deep Dive, where we take one wild and crazy story from the past week and break it all down for you so you can avoid your eyes glazing over if someone brings it up this week in conversation. This week on Deep Dive, Scamilton and the Door McGallan Church. The Door Church in McAllen, Texas, has a Facebook page that describes the congregation as a Bible-based, spirit-filled, non-denominational family of believers. Okay, two red flags immediately. Bible-based, which I perceive as a counter to faith-based, meaning it's not about what you think or feel, it's about what is written. Second red flag, non-denominational. You know, that was a term that used to indicate a place of faith that was truly welcome to all. It was often the churches, when I was growing up at least, about an eight-hour drive from McAllen, that would self-identify as non-denominational, that would be the first to hang a pride flag or welcome queer worshippers. But lately, non-denominational seems to be a term used to protect and validify some of the most extreme subsets of larger religious institutions that they themselves often want nothing to do with. But I digress. From the outside and their social media presence, the Door Church in McAllen, Texas, often referred to as simply Door McAllen, seemed like any other young church in Texas keen to indoctrinate a younger generation of worshippers and donators with Christian pop, blue jeans, and a professional lighting grid. But it wasn't their spirit or their Bibles that garnered the Door McAllen International headlines this month. It, it was their creative liberties. Apparently, the door steadfast loyalty to the word of the book doesn't extend to the book if it's written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. You see, it all started when a company known as RGV Productions, which operates within Dormick Allen, performed and live-streamed an unauthorized production of the smash musical Hamilton on August 5th. But not only did they not receive the rights to this performance, something that while illegal and wrong, definitely happens in the worlds of community, school, and church production. Sometimes it's even turned a blind eye to. But 
Dora McGowan didn't just perform and sell tickets to their production. No, it was not free. They also added and changed text throughout the show. For example, in this show, Hamilton is actually saved right before a performance of It's Quiet Uptown. And the production concluded with a sermon that contained anti-LGBT rhetoric. Once word got out, thanks to the live stream and honestly a bunch of theater geeks home on a Friday night, Dormick Allen took down the live stream, but released a statement insisting that they had received permission to put on the production and went ahead with a second performance the next night, despite making it appear online that that show had been canceled. And that Sunday, during Sunday services, Pastor Ramon Gutierrez again doubled down and said that they had been granted a license to perform. Now, ministries receive a very limited exemption from copyright laws. During worship services, churches are permitted to play or perform any song or reading, and churches are typically permitted to play and perform copyrighted songs during worship services. And the law generally only extends to live, in-person performances. And now, it is possible to give Dormick Allen the benefit of the doubt that because there was a homophobic sermon at the end, they thought that they could do whatever they pleased. However, the exemption does not cover dramatic secular works like operas and plays. So now let's cut to Monday morning, August 8th, and the producers of Hamilton respond with an official statement. Hamilton does not grant amateur or professional licenses for any stage productions and did not grant one to the Door Church. On Saturday, August 6th, we were made aware of the unauthorized staging of Hamilton by the Door Church in McAllen, Texas, that took place on Friday, August 5th and their plans for additional performances. We issued a cease and desist letter for the unauthorized use of Hamilton's intellectual property, demanding the immediate removal of all videos and images from previous productions from the internet, including YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, their own website, and elsewhere. Hamilton informed the church after receiving a response to the cease and desist letter that they could proceed with the August 6th performance on the conditions that A, it was not live-streamed or recorded. B. No photos or videos of the performance be posted. C. They not mount any further productions. D. This limited permission was without prejudice and we reserve all rights and remedies. And E. We would be discussing this matter with the parties behind this unauthorized production within the coming days once all facts were properly vetted. We would like to thank our devoted fans for bringing this to our attention. Now, immediately, this statement seemed to contradict McAllen's claims of permission. And the story, well, it started to pick up steam nationally and internationally amongst the theater world, eventually even being dubbed Scamilton. But many wondered if the church would suffer punishment beyond a warning and some public ridicule. But after Miranda himself tweeted something to the effect of, now the lawyers do their work, Curious minds have been waiting for the conclusion to this saga, which we finally received this week. On August 23rd, Dora McAllen Church released a groveling public apology, and it read as follows. On behalf of the Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church, I would like to personally apologize to the creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the producers of Hamilton, and the numerous others who contributed their intellectual property to Hamilton for staging an unauthorized production of Hamilton that infringed on the rights and copyrights of many. 
The Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church did not ask for, or receive, a license from the producers or creators of Hamilton to produce, stage, replicate, or alter any part of Hamilton. Nor did we seek prior permission to alter Lin-Manuel Miranda's work by changing the music, the lyrics, deleting songs, and adding dialogue. We respect the copyrights of Hamilton's author and contributors. These copyrights are protected by federal law, and we acknowledge these are lawful, there are, are lawful avenues to obtain a license to stage properties which we did not pursue, and it is never permissible to alter an artistic work, work such as Hamilton without legal permission. I recognize, as the pastor of the church, that I have an obligation and responsibility to follow the law and educate our community about these protocols. Our ministry will use this moment as a learning opportunity about protected artistic works and intellectual property. On behalf of the Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church, we agree we will never stage the performance again and will destroy any and all video and sound recordings and images of the unauthorized performances or rehearsals and request that all of our members do the same. Lastly, we will pay damages for our actions. Now, shortly afterwards, a spokesperson for Hamilton stated, all damages that will be paid by Dorma Gallon will be donated to the South Texas Equality Project, an amazing coalition of organizations that work on behalf of the LGBTQIA community of the Rio Grande Valley. This has been a deep dive. Before we wrap up this Sunday's Best, we know in today's world news and information is coming at you all the time and fast. Some days it seems like all you hear is negative. It can be hard to hear the good underneath all that noise, so we're closing out this week and every week with some good news in a segment we call Something You Might Have Missed. Even though the English government recently announced a ban on garden hose watering in the west of the country, Peter Harden has kept right on hosing worry-free. That's because Harden has been storing rainwater in large catch tanks for almost 50 years, and with 6,000 liters of water available to him, his yard is the greenest on the block. An 82-year-old retired teacher, Harden has lived in his bungalow for 52 years and says he first installed a rainwater catch tank after a famous English drought back in 1976. Harden lives in one of the driest areas of the United Kingdom, and the clay beneath his property, while it does hold water, as soon as there's any sort of drought, it starts to crack, and now the region is experiencing its worst in 26 years. And to protect municipal water reserves, a hosepipe ban has been introduced in parts of the West Country. But that's not stopping Harden, as his bulk water containers sit at the bottom of his garden and are filled directly by garden hose from some of the 375 liter catch tanks. Not slowing down, Harden says he aims to store 9,000 liters very soon. And that's what you might have missed. Well, that's all for us here this week at Sunday Best, and I just want to take a minute to personally thank you for taking time to listen to us this week, and if you haven't already, feel free to subscribe. Join me here next Sunday as we take another look back at the week ahead. I'm Justin Meisner, reminding you not to be a dick this week. Goodbye.